It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, a great charity that's going on. We've talked about it a couple of times, but I just don't do it justice. So I asked uh, Jared Atkins, organizer for the Shane Hyatt Benefit, Con- Benefit not concert, Benefit, uh, auction coming up this Saturday in Rising City. That's February 11th. Asked Jared to join us on the show, and uh, Jared obliged. Thanks, buddy, for joining us, man. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure, especially uh, I know you've been kind of heading up, uh, helping out with, um, you know, kind of fundraising for uh, Shane and, and Kylie and the entire family. And uh, if you don't mind, kind of give us a little bit of a history of you and Shane. Oh, we've been... Well, basically, he's been my best friend for about the last 13, 14 years. We actually met when I started running the park trailer for him and Dylan Smith mm. back at Butler County Rick Speedway there, Thunder <laughs> Valley, Thunder, Thunder Lake Speedway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how we met. And, I mean, it goes beyond racing that we're friends, do a lot of stuff together, hang out. And, you guys had a beer so, or two yeah. every once in a while? Every once in a while. <laughs> one or two all right let's talk about this event coming up on saturday um i kind of want to make sure to address this because i i think they're you know everyone kind of assumes that everyone's got health insurance and i've heard that that shane and kylie didn't really have health insurance at all uh can you kind of clear clarify that a little bit if they had any ahead of time or if they were able to get any that kind of offsets some of the expenses They've got some and okay. it, it's, it's helping. So, okay. but this is going to help them because Shane was the main earner of the family mm-hmm. and with him not being able to work and having five people in the family, you kind of, your funds get stretched and yeah. you got house payment and stuff like that. Just something to try and help them out. And, and you know, on top of that, you know, I've, I've always applauded uh, Kylie for how strong she is because to, to, to have to deal with everything she has to deal with, all the stresses, all the, the extra stuff with Bristol, um, yep. uh, that ain't easy. No. And, and she handles it like a champ, but uh, now it's even more stressful because, you know, it was 50-50, Shane and Kylie doing it. And now Kylie all of a sudden doesn't have Shane as that support. And she's got to kind of support him on his road to recovery. Correct. Yeah. And then you got the other two little ones that are always on the go. And <laughs> we actually, me and my wife, stayed with those the kids when this happened to Shane. And we were there about six weeks Yeah, that we stayed with them and made sure they got had food and baths taken and homework and get to school get off the bus it was just it was just a didn't even ask me yeah we just did it are you a parent yourself no we do not have any kids so you got geez you got initiated into this quick oh yeah (laughs) but thank god they weren't thank god they weren't (laughs) one-year-olds 
Well, we, yeah, we, that would have been all right. We would have handled it. But I, we've <laughs> grown up with, they've grown up with us being around. So it was, it was pretty easy. Yeah. It, Cause you, like you said, you've been such close friends. So it, it was an easy transition for them to kind of see you guys as an authority figure. Cause you'd been around so much. You weren't just a perfect stranger. Yeah. Yep. This coming Saturday at the uh, hideout bar and grill in rising city, Nebraska. First off, anybody that's listening to this right now, as long as you're not driving safely, pull up Facebook and search Shane Hyatt benefit. Uh, and it's uh, again at the hideout bar and grill in rising city and uh, make sure you're clicking that you're going to the event and uh, just do yourself a favor, do us all a favor, share it out while you can. And Jared, if you wouldn't mind kind of, I'm scrolling through some of the items that are available for live auction. And I think there's also a silent auction too, right? Correct. Hey, we're going to have a, a live auction, a silent auction. And we're also going to do the 50, 50 raffle like to do at the racetrack. Okay. They're still doing the overflow there at the community center, right? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of just, um, if you go, if you want to go there, there'll be no alcohol there, but you can bring your own. Uh, all the food and stuff, everything will be at the bar. But if you want to hang out and visit with people, you can go down there and hang out and enjoy the day. Um, that's just kind of a, a backup to help out with the overflow. We're Where is the get. community center in uh, respect to the hideout? Uh, it's just south. Okay. It's it's the little it's the white building just past the railroad tracks. Um, it, it's the old fire hall. Okay. On the east side of the road. Still on Main Street there. Correct. Okay. All right. So and when you pretty... come in, when you come in off the highway, there's a sign at the RC pit stop that says the hideout bar and grill with pointing up uptown. So okay, you, you can't miss it. Yeah, and with Google these days, I mean, I was able to get there, so it, it you shouldn't have too much of a problem getting there. So just uh. Yeah, Google getting there, and then especially if you like the event page, the address is typed in there, so you can always navigate through Facebook to the to that place too. So if you if you got a smartphone, which most of us do these days, shouldn't have much of a problem getting there. Yeah, right, it's uh, pretty. Uh, it's a small town. Yeah, having the smartphone's the easy part. Being the dumb user, trouble. <laughs> That'll get you in trouble sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, I'm really excited about this. I obviously I, I'm scrolling through, seeing some things, and and I mean this. There's a, a basket. There's a lot of just everyday stuff that you look at it and you go, you know what? I would definitely bid on that because it's something that I could see sitting in my house, or maybe it's something I can use uh, on the weekends as a dinner out, and 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 it goes to a great cause. So uh, if you don't mind, just kind of roll through some of the uh, the big ticket items that you're excited about. Well, um, what I'm kind of excited about is. We've got four tickets, two tickets to each game for the Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals at Wrigley Field. That's, oh, that's right a, down the first base sideline. That's a big one. Yeah. Wow. That's on there. Joe's carding. I've got four packs of race tickets. There's five of them we're going to auction off. There's a one race and a day membership. So you buy one package, you'll get four of those cards. Um, I've got a somebody made a bush light can four-wheel drive tractor there's an autographed guitar by trace adkins jason aldean billy currington and jack ingram on there that's a big one too i'm excited about that one uh got some hockey tickets 
You got a set of Husker football tickets. Yeah, uh, tickets a... tickets to the uh, Lincoln Stars versus the Sioux Falls Stampede. Yep, got those. Um, our friends over at Boone County Speedway in Albion uh, gave us a free season pass for uh, general admission into the stands. I got one of those. Um, I got a, a toddler bed made by Tommy Denton. He's making a toddler rock, uh, rocking cradle. That's a, that's a handmade cradle. Yep. Yep. Oh, that thing is beautiful looking. Um, I don't have a picture of it yet, but I'm hoping to shortly this week. Um, it was a tree in Shane's grandpa's front yard that fell over and one of their friends made a dump truck out of this tree. So it's a handmade dump truck that will be on the auction also. Is it about like Tonka size, a little bit larger, like maybe a, a, one of those uh, battery powered vehicles? I'm not. No, no not that size, big. Yeah. It's full size. It's I, I'm not sure how exact I haven't seen it yet, okay. but uh, we got that on there. Um, our friends down in Kansas at first class auto design gave a gift to gift certificate for uh, a dozen custom made hats. Stu Snyder uh, donated a nose wing that is signed from his 2022 ID Speedway Track Championship. Correct. And he gave another one, I believe, off his 305. Oh, cool. So I got two of those. Um, there's, If there's any racers that are have cattle, um, there's a pallet of cattle uh, cube, power cubes on there. That's about a $1,000 value on that one. So that's a big one. That laser X Bush Lottie sign's pretty cool. That is very nice. That is gorgeous. That is very well made. Can you give me an um, estimate how big that is? Oh, it's probably two and a half foot wide. Okay. Or so it's like a bar sign. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. It'll sit nice in a bar. Yeah. A lot of great auction items available. Again, silent auction, fifty-fifty live auction. Uh, sounds like the live auction is going to start about 530. Yeah, and we're going to try and run through that pretty quick because my auctioneer has prior, he's got another event to be at that night. Yeah. So we're going to try and get that started at 530 and, and keep it moving because we got 30 plus items on the live auction. Yeah. And then the silent auction stuff, there's a lot of stuff on there. There's, it ranges from kid stuff to stuff for women um gift certificates a car cleaning kit um there's a cpd shocks out of iowa they gave two gift certificates for a shot one new shock each which i thought the racers would like that yeah uh, a couple speedway gift cards on there and the one i was really excited about was the baseball tickets the husker baseball there's three three packs of those. There's four tickets in each one and a parking pass to the game of your choice for Nebraska baseball. Wow. Um, I see in two Husker football tickets for September 16th versus Northern Iowa. Illinois, isn't it? Or Illinois. Is it Iowa? Nope, it's Illinois. Illinois, um, okay. And is, is, I, I, uh, Dirk, do you know, is that a home game? Yeah. 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 Yep, definitely. Awesome, awesome auction items available. Again, this is all going down this coming Saturday at the Hideout Bar and Grill in Rising City. But it doesn't stop there. Sounds like you've also got live music lined up for the, for the uh, post party. 
yeah, we, well, he's going to play before, and uh, okay. if uh, people want him to play after, I'm sure he'll be willing to play. Just keep putting a little more money in that kitty, and he'll keep playing. And then we got uh, uh, free will donations, sloppy joes, chips, and brownies. Um, there'll be extra porta potties there for to use the restroom. We'll have outside. Um, that is smart. Again, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And with as many people as I think is going to show up, or that that's really smart. Way to think ahead, man. And I'm honestly, I'm still getting. I got calls today that people are bringing more silent auction stuff. It's yeah. just, it just, it keeps getting bigger. Yeah, that's a great next question. How can people reach out to you, and what's the best way to, to reach out to you if, if somebody owns a business or they've got some memorabilia they want to donate to this? They can get a hold of me on Facebook, or. Um, they can call myself, text me or something on my cell phone at 402-366-1018. Um, if I'm working, I'm not going to answer it, but I will get back to you. Just leave your name and everything, who it is, and I will get back to you in a timely manner. Um, Facebook Messenger, that's where a lot of people got a hold of me. Good deal. Jared Atkins, uh, organizer for the Shane Hyatt Benefit again this Saturday starting at... Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Uh, you can come City, earlier. Nebraska. You can come earlier. Enjoy the day. Uh, it's supposed to be upper forties, I believe. The news said heat wave. So, I mean, I'm kind of excited for that. A little warmer and um, just anxious to see everybody and going for a good cause. Absolutely, Jared. Thanks a lot for doing this, man. I know it's uh, it's easy for you to to jump in and, and do this, but I I can only imagine how much work you're putting into this. I mean, I'm seeing posts almost every hour of new things coming in. It ain't easy organizing all this. Well, my, my wife has been a major, major help to me. She's been doing all the, the donation sign board, writing their names on there and helping me do this and that. And it's just, it's pretty cool. It is very cool. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. You bet. I appreciate it. And thank you guys. And, See everybody Saturday. See you, bud. Thank you. Once again, that was Jared Atkins with the Shane Hyatt Benefit event at the Hideout Bar and Grill this coming Saturday. Just search Shane Hyatt Benefit. You can go to the uh, Fred Stretch Facebook page. I'm sharing it out there now. Hopefully it shares correctly this time because it screwed it up the first couple of times I shared it. But, um, yeah, uh, hopefully that uh, that gets all – you guys are able to see that and, and get out there. But what a great event and, and what a really cool deal. And, this just goes to show you once again that there is no better community than the race community. When one of us falls, we we all pitch in to pick up, and, and what Jared and his wife are doing is just amazing. All right, yeah, they uh, step in, and you know, for lack of a better term, they fostered those kids for six weeks, and yep, you know that uh, says a lot about the dude's character right there. Yeah, he is a he's a good dude. I I. Thoroughly enjoyed every time I got to talk with him. Results from the Bush Clash. Martin Trex Jr. got the win. Denny, uh, excuse me, Austin Dillon finished second, followed by Kurt Bush, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson. That was your top five. Uh, Kyle Bush battled back after getting dumped. This was really just a dump fest. I, I was watching the highlights late last night as as uh, as I was trying to get caught up on everything. And I mean, it 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 was just short track at its purist where guys just didn't cut anybody any slack and we just saw a bunch of guys get uh get dumped and um 
and that caused for a little bit of some tempers. Some uh, I got some coming to you. I believe Kyle Busch said uh, Joey Logano's got one or two coming his way. And uh, but the list was pretty pretty hefty of the drivers that have got uh, some payback to to pay off in the rest of the year. Well, all I know is I was trying to. I thought I was going to be able to get it on Fox over here and stream it, but uh, there was all kinds of goof stuff happening when I was trying to do that because I started working on it to make sure I could get it like two days earlier. Yeah. And I was never able to get the, the actual race lined up on Fox. I could watch preview or like I said, films and I was seeing, uh, uh, I could catch reruns of the race hub and stuff like that. I just couldn't get anything live to sync up, hmm. but I did get it to sync up a few times off the NASCAR app. Yeah. But it's like every time it synced, up, they were at a red flag. So I got to see the highlight of the crash and they didn't run any yellow laps. Everything was red flag. Once there was a crash, they just red flagged it on yeah. they went, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, a dump fest is yeah, it's one way to look at it. I mean, it took short track racing to a whole nother level. Yeah, it I as I'm watching the highlights, and I, I do really want to get your your opinion on this too. Uh, as I was watching the highlights, I couldn't help but think to myself, well, NASCAR fans got what they asked for. They asked for more short tracks. NASCAR went a little bit, you know put the flair on it that NASCAR is known for where instead of going to a short track that is known, they built one in a major city in a massive Coliseum and, and it, the NASCAR fans are mad because it wasn't a good race. And I just kind of sat there that whole time watching this and saying, you guys got what you asked for. You wanted more short tracks and this is what you got. And well, you don't get this at mile and a half tracks. I would rather have had the short track races because I think they, They'll they'll clean them up as as the season goes on, but uh, but I I think fans got what they asked for. They got a short track race where drivers were were not b- very respectful to each other. There's not a well, that's not the short track race. That's a quarter mile short track race. There is no room to pass on a quarter mile bullring. I don't care, yeah. you know what kind of uh, a car that that's as big and heavy as a cup car is not made to run on a quarter mile track. I heard they would have people's... gone through a half mile short track. I think the the racing would have been a lot better. The racing's you know usually pretty good at Bristol and Martinsville. Yeah, those are half mile tracks, and and this, I mean, I just think that track is way too small. As a matter of fact, they don't even try and put a full field of cars on it. Yeah, you know, they I... know it's too small for that. So I heard some fans I... saying that they wanted to see this race go to Bowman Gray Stadium. And I think we would have seen the same result. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would have seen the same result. It's just, you know, the NASCAR fans that live in North Carolina could have, you know, driven over and, you know, possibly uh, bought a ticket for the race instead of, you know, having to try and watch it on TV so far away. Again, I couldn't see the crowd. Reading all the stuff I read, you know, some people said the place was empty. Some people said there were 70,000 people. Uh, you know, I know that stadium, I'm, I'm pretty sure it holds a little over a hundred thousand, but I'm not, not exactly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the true, I mean, what I consider true NASCAR people, the people I know, uh, crew chiefs in the truck series, um, and stuff like that, that made comments and were watching the race from 
you know, North Carolina and whatnot, uh, said it was, you know, it was just garbage. And that's the term they used. Like I said, I didn't probably see but 10 laps of the actual race. So I can't comment one way or another. I do know, uh, like you said, everything I've read, you know, talked about it being a crash fest. Um, the diversity people were kind of funny because they were, uh, you know, the people all for this diversity. They thought everything was great the first half of the race when Bubba was leading. But once Bubba lost the lead, they thought the race went to crap. Well, Bubba lost the lead because he got moved. Well, it's the only way anybody was going to lose anything. Yeah. You know, I, I'll guarantee you if somebody could have got to Truex at the end, they'd have dumped him too. Yeah. Austin Dillon was trying. You know, so. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, it, you know, I told you last year I wasn't a big fan of that setup, and I'm still not. And anybody and everybody, both sides of the fence, did not like the entertainment. Yeah. It's, I mean, if, if you know, boohoo. <laughs> Well, if if it's if it's uh, uh, Billy Ray Carrington uh, singing at the beginning of the con or whatever, nobody says anything. But it's whatever people bitch about the the pregame, postgame every year, especially at the Super Bowl. Nobody is happy with the entertainment of of the uh, of the halftime show. Yet it's pretty heavily watched. You know, whatever NASCAR put on a concert there that was more indicative of that area. Because they're trying to reach that area more than they're trying to reach Newton, Iowa, and and Bowman Gray Stadium in North Carolina, you know it. it whatever it's, I guess that's just my 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 overall thought is boohoo. You don't like it, turn it off. Well, I just I don't think that should be part of the race. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, you and know? it might not be. Again, you know NASCAR's trying some new things. You know, it's just. You know, NASCAR wants minority money. And I know that for a fact. I sat in the meetings and heard them say it. A lot of people just don't understand that and get that fact. Yeah. Well, and they want minority viewership because they're certainly not getting majority viewership anymore. Exactly. When, when the majority of the audience has left because one way or another, NASCAR died, turned four, Daytona 500, 2001, whatever your opinion is. You're not watching the race. So NASCAR could either try to go back and, and get you or they can go after a new audience. And they've clearly decided that the new audience is more attainable. Yeah. Well, like I said, they started to do that. I'm going to say it was 2003. It was a couple of years before I left running the big circus. And I quit early in 2005, but uh, you know, and NASCAR was still going up then, mm -hmm. You know, NASCAR was still rising then when, you know, and they, they saw that opportunity to try and grab that, that share of the market and start bringing in some of that money. I'm not disappointed that I couldn't see the race because just like I said, you know, you know, I don't like to see a caution every 10 laps. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's kind of what that. it turned into. You know, well, they had caution actually, from what I understand, the first half of the race was relatively sane. But the second half of the race was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was an exhibition race where guys didn't have a lot to lose. So you might as well bump somebody and try to get a couple extra positions. Well, the bad part is when you bump them, then you know it's coming back at you. So it's, you know, might not be that person, but you know that the way you had to pass is the way somebody's going to have to pass you. So, right. All right, let's move along. Uh, NASCAR announced that they could be doing a points race at the Los Angeles Coliseum and... Auto Club Speedway has announced that they will be off the schedule for 2024. 
wasn't there a uh, host of a local racing show that just kept saying, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to get this done in the time frame they keep saying? Mm, I I kind of recall that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, what was his name? Dirt? Is it Dirk? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, God damn it. If you hear crashing noises, that's your cat, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> this, this cat knocks everything off of every surface. I've never had a cat do this before. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Auto Club Speedway's announced uh, after they run their uh, their final race on the two mile oval on February 26th that they will not be on the 2024 schedule. Uh, real briefly says that even with the most aggressive timeline, we will not be able to make the 2024 season. So they're hoping to be back on the schedule in the 2025 season. Uh, which and I they, think is probably the right thing. Well, and the I and they hope to be, you know, they're they're not even saying they can be. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're talking. You know, when they kept saying they were going to use the front straightaway and they were going to do this, <laughs> that, that ain't going to happen. You know, they they can't do that. I've been to that track. There's no way that front straightaway fits into a half mile track in any way, shape, or form. It's a big D like Michigan. That's the way that track is. That's a clone to Michigan. Roger Penske owned Michigan. Roger Penske built that track. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to see what happens to it because uh, I think having one Michigan on the schedule twice a year is plenty. Um, it usually turns into some type of a fuel mileage race. Last year, there was a lot of crash. And again, they were running the new car. So mm-hmm. that kind of happened everywhere. But uh, I think the second year with this new car, you'll see a little better race on some of these tracks. So yeah, going back, you know, and cutting that track down to a a half or three quarter mile, wherever they're going to end up, I think is a good idea. Scheduled to be the second race on the year. And like we talked about, they're not going to be on the schedule for 2024. We also talked earlier about how NASCAR wants to keep that California audience on their schedule. So do you think they would move the, coliseum race to being a points paying race for one year well that sounds like that's what they're talking about so obviously it's you know they've got i think they have if i'm not mistaken a one-year option left i think it was a three-year deal they signed with the coliseum so if they switch that to a point paying race i don't think the clash will be there yeah I don't think they'll run the no. clash and come back the second or third race of the year where California normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they'll come back like that and uh, uh, run a points paying race at the same track just a couple weeks later. But they always did it at Daytona. They ran the clash at Daytona and then they come back a week later and run a points paying race. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when they ran Pocono, uh, like within five weeks of each other, a couple of years. They were in Pocono back to back Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. During the pandemic. I think know. prior to that, they ran the Pocono races within a couple of weeks of each other. Like it was like four or five, maybe six, but Yeah, I was gonna say six weeks, I think. Yeah. Something like that. They'd run uh middle of June and end of July, something like that. Kevin Harvick announced that he's gonna be joining the Fox broadcast team in twenty twenty four. Uh, Jimmy Johnson has confirmed that he's going to be running the Chicago street race for legacy motor club, legacy motor clubs, wait, legacy motor club. Uh, He's going to be in the 84 car. Uh, Kyle Bush arrested with a handgun 
excuse me, just as a gun in Cancun Airport in January. The article goes on to state that uh, a number of Americans have been caught with firearms in the Cancun International Airport over the last year, but the most recent case involves well-known American NASCAR driver Kyle Busch. Uh, he was caught with a 38 caliber handgun while Kyle Busch was in the airport. Private security officials became suspicious and alerted the National Guard, possibly had a firearm. Upon searching, it was found that uh, he, in fact, it was unlicensed. Um, the magazine was loaded with hollow point bullets, which are designed to cause more damage. Well, if you're going to carry a gun, you want to cause damage. Let's just right. face it. You know? Yeah. I'm not Even entirely sure, but I'm not entirely sure carrying a gun into an airport's the, the best idea. But well, no, that's not the best idea. That I I'm having serious trouble with this unregistered part. Yep. I mean, why would somebody of his stature even think about having an unregistered firearm? Uh, let's do keep in mind that Kyle Bush and his family were involved in the mall of, well, not involved, but they were at the mall of America when there was a shooting there. The family yeah. was separated at the time of the, at the shooting and they were able to reunite very quickly and get out of the area. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's, he was in the process of getting licensed and he just borrowed a buddy's gun. I mean, Cancun's not the safest place to be in the world. No. Like I said, I just that's that's the part to me out of the whole deal that just kind of it just doesn't click. I mean, that part doesn't make sense, but it you know it it it's a five or five or seven day process. Well, okay, I'm not gonna I'm, I can't state that because I don't know North Carolina's laws to register a gun. You know, yeah. Um, maybe it's a thirty day process or whatever, but obviously this is six months after the shooting deal and at the Mall of the Americas, so I, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's been a while since that happened, so if he'd wanted to get a gun, I'd have thought he'd been able to get one by now, uh, so I mean, it, this whole deal just stinks of something, but I it, don't know why. Well, it, it, it could get pretty serious. According to reports oh, following the arrest, an investigation was opened, and the arrest was found to be legit a legitimate arrest. Two days after the arrest, a federal public ministry agent presented Kyle Bush to a judge, and the judge issued a sentence. Mr. Bush was fined 27,000 pesos, about 1,100 U.S. dollars, and was sentenced to three and a half years in prison, although it is unclear when that prison sentence will be, will be carried out. So this happened back in January. He's obviously been released on bond. I don't, I, I don't know the, the, the laws over in, in Cancun as far as what they, if they've got bond or they got bail or anything like that, but, uh, I can't imagine he's going to serve any prison time unless they're looking to make an example of him. Well, and even at that part, uh, is the American government going to step in at that or whatnot? Who yeah. knows? Are they going to extradite him back? Is this going to be a, uh, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. There's a lot that could happen with this. I don't imagine he's going to be serving any prison time in, uh, in Cancun, but, uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, last couple of news articles I wanted to talk about. Uh, Crawford County Speedway released their tentative 2023 schedule. Looks like they're going to have spring practice April 20th. They're going to have their annual spring fling Friday and Saturday, April 21st and 22nd. Then it's uh, weekly IMCA racing from May 12th all the way through July 28th. 
and they've got a tentative special August 25th scheduled. Um, looks like they're going to be running race saver sprint cars every week, late models off and on each week. I'm trying to see if there's any, um, did we see if there's any SLMR races heading there? Uh, I didn't see the schedule, so I can't okay. say. Well, I, I couldn't remember if we talked about it with the uh, SLMR schedule getting released, but. And yeah, then lastly, the only other the only other piece I wanted to talk about was Advantage Racing has announced that they'll be back at Eagle Raceway for another year of coverage on a weekly basis. Loved working with those guys last year. Really excited about doing it again this year. So uh, that's all good news. Uh, while we got a couple minutes left, Dirk, you got anything for us? Yeah. All the NASCAR's rule changes. Um, as far as I'm concerned, not a whole lot of them really matter, except the part that they can no longer, what are, the hell are they calling it, the um, Ross Chastain move. They did uh, actually They did actually put a rule in for that? Yep. They put a rule in for the most exciting thing that happened in the whole damn season. And now they've outlawed it. Yeah. Well, hey, the uh, the the golden child, Kyle, uh, Kyle Larson, did not like it. So, well. I don't think he's the golden child, but that's my opinion. I, I, that um, was that wasn't more of a golden child to NASCAR. That was more of a golden child to all dirt racers. Right, exactly. I know where you're going. Uh, that, uh, but yeah, the most exciting thing that happened in the whole season, they outlawed it. I mean, do they seriously think guys are going to literally try that same move at a mile and a half track or something like that? You know, it was a, it was a one-off deal, and it worked. And uh, I I don't know why they're bothering to, to write a rule on it. No, well, they must um, feel that that guys are going to try it. Well, but that's, you know, I mean, that's not even a halfway commonsensical thing to, to say. <laughs> you know, guys, will guys try it again at Martinsville? Oh hell yeah, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, but. Uh, not anymore. You're not going to make that move at a half mile track. It just ain't, or a mile and a half track. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah. The, the car won't take. Uh, first of all, you won't be able to gain enough speed. You know, that's just a half mile track and a paper clip. That's the only reason that worked. That's the only track that move will work at that's currently on the schedule. Right. Well, until they figure out a way to make it work at another racetrack. You know, um, the fact that I don't know if they teched Ross Chastain's car after that race because of where he finished or not. I mean, I know his goal was just to beat Denny Hamlin. Yeah. You know well, what he did. I thought he finished top three, right? I I don't remember. If, I, I, th I thought he finished like fifth or sixth. Okay. If that's a, done in a mile and a half track and they decide to tech the car, the car ain't going to pass tech. Right. It's going to have enough damage that it'll be out of compliance. And then they can just disqualify the guy, and they got to worry about it. That's yeah. why it's not in the front at a mile and a half track. So kind of, anyway, kind that's of, kind of a weird deal there. All right, that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a break, come back to turn number two. Cameron Wilkinson is going to talk to us about his track championships in 2022. Hang tight, Dirk, and I'll be right back on the front stretch. Great times, great food. Get too quick to stay in blue. 
Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube, seven days a week, great sights, sounds, and smells. One of Steve Kaziski's very own race cars hanging up inside uh, of, uh, of Quaker Steak and Lube. And I believe the uh, number three Craftsman Truck Series truck is uh, a Ron Hornaday truck. Yep. But I got to get more information on that. Uh, they were trying to find the identification number on the chassis, but it got painted over, so they're having a tough time trying to track it down. But get over to Quaker Steak and Lube. Great food, great sights, great sounds. Seven days a week, all the great stuff. Don't forget to join us February 19th for all of the uh, Daytona 500 action. Getting signed up for the Pickups Contest. I heard Anthony is going to get signed up this year. Have you heard anything? I mean, I'm all about the Pickup, the Pickham Contest because I did really good last year. But uh, have you heard anything about all-you-can-eat wings for the Daytona 500? I need to check on that, but I'll make it happen. Good. I think I can make that happen. Is Dirk, Dirk going to be back? Oh, yeah. He, he, I think he gets back actually like two days before that. Like he lands on Friday. So he's going to rest on Saturday, and then he's going to jump in and, and, uh, and do the Daytona 500 on Sunday. So... Did you uh, have your own beer service, or was that in your pocket? Yeah, no, I had somebody get me a beer. I oh, good if deal. I be up here, I may what, as well have Using those one. hand is, signals to your crew. I was going to say, right. what is the driver hand signal to crew to for another bush light? No, I just, you know, round them up. <laughs> Wave round them up. Let's they go. know what you mean. <laughs> We're talking with Cameron Wilkinson. Also, big thanks to RK Inc., uh, one of the latest rap guys in the area, uh, Ryan Kumpf who uh, worked for a Demon Decals for a very long time. Uh, Damon said, you're doing a great job. I can't handle all the business you're bringing me. You need to start your own business. So Spread RK your Inc. wings, was, little yeah, butterfly. RK Inc. Was, was born. And if you're looking for a wrap for your race car, for your goat cart, for your car, doesn't the Nissan need a wrap? James? Who has a, a Nissan? It's a Mazda, Dan. That's what I meant. Zoom, zoom. Doesn't the Mazda need a wrap? Uh, I've actually considered it. I think we need to get a little wrap on since that, I, baby. Uh, since I dropped my podcast, I don't know what I'd wrap it with unless <laughs> Roger wants to pay for it. Uh, we'll see about it. maybe a Taylor Computers wrap in it. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> hey, we're talking it's, it's with... It's kind of motherboard green. Yeah. We're talking with uh, two-time track champion, 
Uh, Cameron Wilkinson, he is not necessarily a two-time, but he is a double-down track champion. He's a fast uh, some bitch. That's what he is. Boone County Raceway points champion and US 30 track champion. Uh, first off, Cameron, I think this is the first time I've had you on the show. Yeah, first time. Uh, so talk a little bit about your history, about getting into the sport. I, I, I'm judging by the last name that it's a little bit of a family thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was brought into it right away and uh, my dad and grandpa they've done it for you know a long time and I just kind of grew up going to races every weekend with my dad and grandpa and eventually I knew that's that's what I wanted to do is race and uh, it actually ended up my dad got a call from a guy saying asking if we had a motor for sale and he I mean we had one laying around and this guy had a a sport compact, so we ended up trading him straight across. And uh, at the time, I was only 11, and you had to be 12 to race these junior Hornets at the old Riviera in Norfolk. So we kind of lied about my age a little bit, and that that got me and my brother into it. Um, we ended up putting a making a mechanism. So when I race, I race one night, Kyle raced the next week, and. So I, we could make a mechanism so we could slide the seat forward when I raced, and then when Kyle raced, we'd slide it back for him. And uh, that's how I got started. And then I raced that for two years, I think. And so then I had been 13 at the time, and we ended up, I just sat out for a year, and then once 14 rolled around, I got into a hobby stock. Do you, do you think that year kind of factored into anything of, maybe being able to process things that happened earlier and under, kind of understanding them a little bit? Uh, you know, like I said, I was, I've been around this sport for a long time, so there wasn't much to really really pick up. Uh, I drove a four-cylinder. That don't, that don't really tell you anything about really racing other than maybe getting just a chance to go around the racetrack. But, um, yeah, it's, like I said, I grew up with my dad, you know, when he was racing four nights a week. I was the guy to be right behind him and in the shop and going, you know, driving to, we were going to, at the time we were Columbus, Albion, we'd go to Donovan and race and then we'd come back home and we'd go all the way out to Lexington on Sunday. So it was, like I said, I was around it for a long time before I actually started and I learned a lot. So I, you know, kind of had my shoes wet before I got into it. Was there any other path for you other than racing? No. Uh, it was racing and racing only. When I was in high school, I didn't play football or anything like that, mainly just because that took time out of racing. So <laughs> we were going to go race, and then that was, that's all I really ever wanted to do. Let's do start do? off. Go ahead. What do you do during the week? Uh, I went to school, you know, got through the classes, and then we went and worked on race cars, and that was about it. <laughs> Sounds like living the dream. That's right. No partying, though, right? Oh, there's a little bit of that involved. After the car was done. That's right. It may have been going on during the working on the car, too. There's a little bit, of, a little bit of everything. Yeah. We're talking with Cameron Wilkinson, your track champion. Let's start with, uh, with Boone County Raceway. Picked up the championship over your brother by just seven points. Uh, take me through that final points night. I'm sure there was a little trash talk going on, a little added suspense. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, nah, he's always kind of on me of, you know, it's just a b little brotherly rival, I guess. But, um, no, I was pretty comfortable going in. I 
you know, I knew all I really had to do was get, you know, pretty much finish the race to pretty much seal it off. Um, usually, Albion isn't my strong suit. Um, we were just pretty consistent. Um, like I said, uh, for one of my sponsors, Fury Chassis, that's, I got into one of his cars this last year, and it really upped my program. Um, and he kept on trying new stuff and getting better and better. And, you know, as for the first year being in that car, uh, I think, well, you know, I won them two track championships, and I also won a track championship at Off-Road Speedway. So we came home with three track championships, and it was, it was a good year. That's a heck of a year. A little bit easier win for you. Again, you beat your brother again over at US 30, uh, this time with a 28-point advantage uh, as it was over with. Is that just absolute trash talk for the next couple of months as the next season gets started of anything he does you could just like write 28 on his like on his car or something in the snow or no that's i it was actually because we were just talking about it here five minutes ago me and kyle and the old green machine jeff were (laughs) (laughs) and uh he was there talking about the track championship this and that kyle beat jeff by two points or something and I was actually supposed to work that Thursday, and uh, I kind of, I started a new job, and I was supposed to work, and I talked to my supervisor, he's like, well, if you want it off, you can have it off, I was like, well, my brother ain't going to be too happy about it, I, I was going to let him have that track championship, but since they let me not work, I was, we were just going to take that one, too. <laughs> How long have you been in the stock car? Oh, hell, I don't know, three, last year was three years. Yeah. Three years in a stock car? Yeah. It's amazing what the stock car class is, has morphed into over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I ran a hobby for three, four years, and once I got into a stock car, it was, you know, it's definitely a change of pace. But, you know, I, to me personally, I mean, you see the best drivers in the stock car class. I mean, it's, it's super competitive, and... You know, it's, you got the Mike Nichols, the Jordan Urbowski, them type of guys. It's always nice to, you know, go out and race against them and, I mean, just to even compete against them, be on the same level, you're, you can kind of hold your head high. But, you know, when you get a win from one of them guys, it's, it's definitely something special. Talking with Cameron Wilkinson, driving the number 52 a stock car throughout the area. Why the 52? Well, it's actually, I'm a number five oh. now, so... Um, I was originally 52 in the hobby stocks. Um, I'm a number five just because that was my, well, I guess Kyle, he had 52 when he's been running stock car for six years or so. So he had the 52. I went with the number five. That used to be my uh, uncle's number that he used to race back in the day. You know, it's the 52. It started my grandpa literally damn near 50 plus years ago and wow. the, the number stuck. As my grandpa, he's 52, my dad's 52, my brother's 52, and we just had to go to number five just for the fact of, I mean, I put a little you know, letter on the side of it. It's kind of hard to keep track. So, It's kind of funny to me how the, the number system within this family sport runs a lot like a uh, monarchy system for, for kings and, and queens and establishing a line of secession. It's like, okay... Firstborn son, you get the number. Secondborn son, 
get out of here. Just, yeah. just go sit over in the corner, please. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, like I said, my it, that number five was my uncle's number. He he passed away. I think is five years ago now. Um, my dad, he actually went to his number when he was in the stock car um, to in remembrance of him and. Then ever, you know, I got in the stock car, dad went to a hobby, so I, I took over the number five spot. So it, it's really not a downgrade. I'd uh, actually, I take a lot of pride in running that number, so. Didn't realize that your uncle passed away, so yeah, it's a nice tribute to him. But do you ever do any kind of paint schemes based on his old ones? Uh, that's what, uh, I haven't done any of his old ones, but that's, this year I did one, it, it was five years ago last year when he passed, and I was number five, and then, you know, it was all black, and it was blue lettering, but. Um, you know, there's pic- some pictures out there. If the light gallered it just right, uh, Scott Angel, he is the one who designed the wrap, did an awesome job of there's actually ghost number fives all through it. And like I said, if you look wow. at it, you can the sunlight can hit it in the right, you know, direction. You won't think you could do it with a sticker, but he can, and um, you can see ghost fives all the way through it. So it was, it was a pretty neat, pretty neat deal. That's awesome. That's really cool. I can't wait. Is that you got that up on social media yet? Uh, yeah, it should be okay. around somewhere. I, <laughs> I don't know. Do you I'm run not... your social media, or do you have somebody do it for you? Uh, well, we have a racing page. Um, it's I. I have some buddies that they ha- they have rights to it to post on it. My sister, she's the one who does mainly most of it. So yeah, no, I I don't do a whole lot of it. It could be a bit of a. Um... Uh, angry bear at times. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the have the patience for it to be honest. So. <laughs> That's all right. You you just focus on racing. That's right. Let's talk about your 2023 plans. Uh, how are you going to follow up two track championships? Three oh, track championships. <laughs> I don't know if we can do it again. That'd be cool. Um, you know, can't really take anything for granted, but um, that's always the you know the goal is to go out and win. So. Are that's where that's what we're planning on doing. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of plans. Don't know when I'm gonna start racing or anything. I gotta. I think I'm gonna get a new car. I don't know. I sold one of them, so I don't really have a car right now. So I'm just kind of. Hey, I hate to break it to you, but as of the time we were recording, racing basically starts in two months. That's right. It does, and I'll probably get a car a couple weeks before the first <laughs> first night out, and we'll have to scrounge around and get it done quick. And that's just usually the way we are. Uh, it's always usually a last-minute deal. Yeah. Uh, where are you planning? Are you... I've heard there's a really nice up-and-coming stock car tour around the area. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I probably, I think their first race is in March something. I probably won't even have a car by then. So, um, I don't know. I guess maybe that'll be my, you know, gimme race that I miss out on. Who knows? Um, it just... And, you know, by the weather, the way the weather's acting right now, I kind of doubt we're racing in March anyway. So it's just, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. I mean, I'll, I'll hit some of the stock car summer series events, but I don't know. We'll just see what, how the year pans out and what work lets me do pretty much. Uh, any big races? I know you don't have a car yet, so it's a little hard for you to say, yeah, I want to hit this big race. Uh, but any big races, maybe April, May, that you're you're definitely circling to make sure you got your car ready to go and, and stuff scored away? Uh, like I said, um, I know there's, like, uh, I think 
the stock car series deal is in Norfolk in April, I think. Um, I'd like to hit that one. Like I said, I'll probably get a car here in March or so and have a couple weeks to put it together. So it just kind of depends whether if I have everything ready to go or not. Um, not in a real big hurry, but I guess when, when the time comes, the time comes, and we'll figure it out from there. Talking with Cameron Wilkinson, uh, driver of the number five, your Boone County Raceway and US 30 Raceway uh, track champion. And off-road speedway track champion. You got three? Three. I've been, he's, we've both been saying it the whole show, Dan. Where you been? Oh, I'm sitting over here where I can't hear very well. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't hear very well to begin with. That's true. Uh, man, three track championships. Yeah, like I said. Right, we, I'm uh, just getting the news. I'm sorry. We hopped in this Fury car, and it was uh, the first night out with it, and unfortunately, we were at that stock car deal, and uh, unfortunately, I had a mishap and spun it out and kind of got in a wreck there the first night I was out with it, but um, I took it out for the heat race. That was the very pretty much first laps I put on the car, and uh, I knew we had something pretty good, and we kept on tinkering with it a little bit throughout the season, and yeah, we, I don't know, like 18, 19 wins, something like that, and three track championships. We had a hell of a year. Why sell the car? Oh, well. They're worth more when they're fast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like telling everybody my plans for the year, so I'm just going to kind of keep that quiet, but uh, it, I think I got another one coming. I'm going to do a little bit of changing with it and think we can get a little bit more speed out of it. So, um, yeah. I, I always have this conversation with uh, several, you know, several guys, and I realize the best time to sell your race car is fresh off of one, two, and apparently three track championships. But, like, Jacob Hobscheid does this all the time. He'll go out there and he'll go and get himself a new car, and he'll struggle with it at the beginning of the season, and then middle of the season he'll figure it out, and he'll bust his butt, and he'll fight, and he'll finally win a track championship, and then he sells the damn thing and starts all over again. Why not just keep it for a couple of years? No, you know, when you're racing, you always think there's something better out there. You just got to find it. Um, to me, in this world, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, you buy a car in 2020 and 2021, that's, you know, a brand new car is going to make you that much faster. That's not the case, if you ask me. It's uh, kind of a luck of the draw deal. Like I said, I've followed my dad a lot through his racing years, and I've seen him get a brand new car, and, you know, there's a car that's five years old. I'd rather have him race that one than the brand new one because the brand new one isn't worth a hell, but... Um, I don't know. To me, I just like ha I get bored. You know, I get ha I have a car and I race it one year. I get bored with it. May as well get something new and you know try to figure it out. And like I said, hell, it might not be even. Fa it, my old one might be faster than this new one. I'm gonna be getting. I don't know. We'll find out. But so uh, it's more of a you kind of like chasing the car a little bit. And once you've got to figure it out, the, the game's won, and now it's time to move on. That's right. Yeah, I, I get that. I see that. Okay. All right. Yeah, it takes a little while to learn your new car, but once you get it, it's there. Yep, yep. That's, I mean, we're, there's always more to, I mean, there's speed somewhere. You just got to find it. But now that's something I enjoy doing is, you know, experimenting with things. And um, that's, you know, my older brother, for example, he don't like doing that. He just likes getting in and driving. So that's why we, I try, I try to make his life a little easier. I'm the one who tinkers and figures out what, 
what's fast and what's not fast, and that's how we, that's, you know, we have three, sometimes four cars going to a track and one trailer, and that's how we, I mean, we may have a four-car trailer, but the thing don't even hold water. I mean, you know, it can rain, and there's mud on the floor. There's mud on the floor. I mean, it's, a lot of people say, oh, you got all this money. It's, no, it's, we bought this thing for little and nothing, and we just do it to get us from point A to point B, and we're just, you know, really trying to scrounge around to find whatever we can to. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a trailer win a race. Yeah, that's, we're, like, we're really grateful for the people we have behind us, but um, we, you know, we're still just like the average Joe Blow, we're, we're just still trying to go about it week by week. You never know. I mean, there could be a time where we just can't make it to a racetrack just because, you know, expenses aren't allowing us. So we're Life pretty... gets busy and life gets expensive. Uh, talk a little bit more about some of those people who help you out, your sponsors and supporting your crew guys. Yeah, it's, my crew guys, they're, you know, they're, they're awesome. They're in the beer line? Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll get me a beer whenever I need it. That's one thing about them. Uh, anything I... Anytime I need help, they're always there. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for some of the people behind us, we wouldn't be able to be doing what we are doing. And, um, you know, DJ Cubic, Fury Chassis, he's a prime example. He's helped me out a lot. And uh, we're, we're going to try keeping that deal going. And um, I got John O'Race Engines. He helps us out a ton. Couldn't do it without him. Um, you know, we just a lot of local people around, around where we're from help us out a lot and like I said we can't do it without them. Once again talking with Cameron Wilkinson driving the number five. <laughs> I'm getting all the information right now. Three-time track champion this year. Boone County Raceway, US 30 and off-road. Uh, man I appreciate your time. You're running a little low on the beer so we'll let you get out back to it and uh, go find yourself some parts for that car you still don't have. That works for me. Thank you. Did you get signed up for the Schaefer Racing Oil? I haven't. I'm going to have to do that. Get over there and get yourself some. Big thanks to Cameron for joining us on the show and putting up with my uh, lack of hearing and paying attention. Thanks to James Rowland for joining us at turn number two and helping out with all the interviews. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap it up for today. Thanks to RK Inc., uh, rappers in the area for, uh, and, and, and race designs. Uh, Ryan Kump doing a fantastic job getting drivers out to the racetrack, looking beautiful. Look up RK Inc. on Facebook today. And uh, thanks to Quaker Second Lou for being the official watering hole of the front stretch. For James Rowland, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Carding. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. 
a new hard drive from Taylor Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back, but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back.